0: Roger. Okay, I think you're pulling the wrong one. I'm just. Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the. Okay, don't hold it for those Is that right? Is that right? I'm just. Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. And we're still a little bit. Hi! Welcome, Welcome to the, the podcast. podcast. This is how it's, it's gonna, gonna start. start. <laughs> do it for hey everyone welcome to, this is the starting of the podcast this is live to tape also known as the executive buffet also known as hands on the branch you're here situated right inside of daddy's big daddy's big red truck welcome to we're gonna go swimming outside except it's gonna be in a car here you are Grab daddy's guitar Throw it in the back of the truck It's about to erupt Yeah Thanks for being here everybody Having a wonderful guest Who came to us live All the way from New Zealand Wow, that's hard That's special Also, uh, please check us out on Patreon It's patreon.com slash live to tape That's patreon.com slash live to tape there like mixes and special recordings you can't get anywhere else. Also access to merchandise, and that's a real deal. And not just access, but discounts too. <laughs> that's all you gotta know. Everything else is included inside this podcast, so have a great time. And if you want to, please rate, review, and subscribe. We're pretty much coming out every week. And, uh, Yeah. Yeah, okay. Thanks for being here. This is the Executive Buffet. I am Kevin Tipcorn, also known as Jason Pepperhouse, but better known as Johnny Pemberton. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this wonderful conversation I have with the immensely talented and thoroughly, stunningly interesting Guy Montgomery. Montgomery,
1: Johnny Pemberton.
0: You know what I just love is the fact that we're only four hours apart, but we're actually almost twenty-four hours apart. You know what I mean?
1: I know exactly what you mean because I'm in Auckland, New Zealand, and you are in. Where? where are, what are you in?
0: I'm in Los Angeles, California.
1: That is classic, Johnny.
0: Yeah, it's classic me. It's kind of similar to. I mean, it's not, maybe the beach is kind of similar to New Zealand, right? But I've only been in New Zealand once and I thought like, this is kind of like if, if uh, California was better.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. When I, Do you know when I'm in California or specifically Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I never think of New Zealand. Not at I all. Think, not oh, wow. Bit. I think oh, you, you, you guys did it like this.
0: What about if you're by, at the beach in California? Do you ever feel like a little bit like New Zealand?
1: If, I, I think maybe like i uh, paul in oregon kind of makes me think of new zealand yeah, which okay. is not really I, by the beach right anywhere near los angeles does not feel like new zealand
0: i guess i'm thinking more like the wild parts of california that i've been to by the coast when i was mm. in new zealand it's like it reminded me of it but at the same time it's also so much different you guys have such a yeah, different yeah, we all- vibe.
1: We do have a different vibe, and it starts with the voice, doesn't it?
0: It does. You have an you have an accent that's different. It's a Wow.
1: <laughs> to be fair, Johnny, you also have an accent. As long as it's <laughs> just us, as as long as it's just us <laughs> talking, we could sit here and accuse one another of having accents for hours.
0: Yeah, we're both in prison together, and we're trying to decide. We both woke up in this weird place. <laughs> we're like, okay, so are we where you are, or are we are you where I am? <laughs> so who's the foreigner? We're not, we're like in a. And on a, a third, we're on a, what's it called? A CIA black site someplace. And who knows, yeah. like in a shipping container and they have a,
1: and the only way, the only way we're allowed out is if, if we correctly ascertain if we're in your place or my place.
0: Right. And we have to do that by thinking about the seasons, thinking about the light and stuff. Cause I, I spent a good amount of time in South Africa a couple of years ago. And, uh, it's, I, I was there from March. March, April, May. I was there through May. I remember in May, uh, waking up one of the last days I was there, seeing the light, thinking like, man, it kind of feels like kind of like Christmas for some reason. I'm getting like a Christmas vibe. And it's just because, oh, the light, the angle of the light and the intensity of the light at the time of the day makes it feel kind of like it's like it's Christmas.
1: Of course, because that's that's when they would be getting their, their Christmassy light because it would be approaching the, the winter Can I tell you what really bugs me is here in New Zealand, every year we have Christmas in the summer. Mm -hmm. Without fail, that's when we have Christmas because that's when summer is. And yet, all of our marketing materials are themed around winter. Man. It doesn't make any sense.
0: It's because you just can't get away from the Charles Dickens reality of Christmas. I think that's what it is. It's just Dickens.
1: I don't... I mean... maybe you could draw a line over time from our Christmas decals to, to Charles Dickens. But I think it's the overwhelming impact of, of your guys' marketing. You guys are like, ah, oh, Christmas is a winter thing. And we're like, wow, if they said it.
0: Well, I think we took the, all the ideas from Dickens. We took the style from Dickens and the American marketing machine, machine was like, let's fucking go with this. Cause the Americans were like the ultimate at marketing. Like, because we don't have any yeah, scruples yeah. at all. Americans have no scruples whatsoever. So there's no like, there's no person. There's always laws in America that only got passed recently. Like, hey, you can't sell that to children. You Like, why not? <laughs> they they want to buy it. It's like they want to buy it because you're tricking them into wanting to buy it. Like, well, I don't, we're not making them buy it.
1: I'm with I'm with those people. It sounds discriminatory <laughs> towards children to yeah. only market them certain products. Uh, last I checked, this is a free market.
0: It is a free market. A child should want to be... Even though a child can't buy cigarettes legally, they should be allowed to want to buy cigarettes. Like, they we absolutely should them. be able
1: to want to buy cigarettes. And that's why they should still be in the movies.
0: <laughs> is that thing... Is that, are they out of the movies now? Cigarettes?
1: Uh They're not in the movies like they were. It's like a quiet phase out, you know?
0: Oh, really? It used to be cigarette brands, or now is it just less smoking in movies in general?
1: Less smoking in movies. It used to be someone smoking in a movie. You wouldn't think twice about it. Or if you were to think twice, you'd think, God damn, that looks good. Yeah. And I I don't even smoke. I never smoked. But then now, if you see someone smoking a cigarette in a movie, you think, oh, man, they're going to get sick. They're going to get so sick.
0: Man, I still like the. I still I smoke like very rarely, like once a week at the most. And I'm still. I see that cigarette in a movie. I'm like, Ooh, I want to have one of those cigarettes. Because it's always. It's not so much the cigarette. You want to have like that experience. You want to be in that that chilled out sort of environment. I
1: I I yeah. like that relationship to smoking. I think that one smoking a cigarette once a week is that's almost the coolest thing you can do.
0: It's it's really strange. I don't know how I'm able to do it, but I just I just do.
1: Well, I was uh, this is why vaping is a is a, a slippery slope because smoking a cigarette it's still an event you got to right. go outside you got to light the cigarette on fire right. the cigarette has a very clear expiry but a vape there's no sense of pomp or ceremony to it it's just in your pocket you think oh god damn I'd love to suck in you know a puff of watermelon right now <laughs> bang you're on. Yeah. And then it's just, you know, that just becomes part of the fabric of your life. So you can have a puff of watermelon whenever you want. They put up a sign. They say, don't have any of your watermelon here. It's a movie theater. And you'll say, well, I can have my watermelon when I so damn please. And they, right, you blow it into
0: your shirt. It's so innocuous. You can have it any time. And it's, it's like you probably got what, like a thousand puffs in there. So, and you don't you can't distinguish puff two from puff 99.
1: No, no, you got no idea. There's no. I do I was about over that. in the states, and I got a weed vape. It's yeah. like, if if you have a weed vape, then all of a sudden you're just stoned constantly. Whereas if you're not vaping your weed, you're like, I know when I'm stoned and when I'm not stoned. But the line right. gets very blurred.
0: Yeah, did you and enjoy that's good that? For
1: a, ah, it's good for a day or two, but I think too much more than that, you sort of you you're losing grip on when you're meant to be applying yourself.
0: See, I use I use the weed vape like it's. Um, Trying to think of, I, like like I'm drilling a hole in something where it's like okay, about to drill this hole ready and I can only do it once. Like I'm very careful with it. Like anytime I have a vape, I almost always underdo it because I'm so scared of getting. Cause I've had so many times where I'm like someone's like here take a little puff I go Pff. next thing I'm like oh, I'm just got got <laughs> smacked with this massive cloud of like I can't feel the smoke next thing I you know, I'm exhaling like this, you know, like I just opened up an oven door or something like that. And
1: I've done that. I've done that too. It's yeah. such a bad feeling. It's so interesting how different the feeling of being perfectly stoned is to being too stoned and how yeah. fine that line is. And when you cross it, it's like all of your... All of the muscles inside you are tense and your heart's like not beating. It's just paused. Like, what the fuck's going on? That's a terrible feeling.
0: Is it not legal in uh, New Zealand?
1: No, we had a big... Um, we had a referendum at our last at our last election. We everyone in the country got to vote on whether or not we should um, legalize pot. And I think it was like fifty-two percent. Uh, our, our nation is fifty-two percent nerds to forty-eight percent legends. Wow! So we was... <laughs> we came second.
0: That was so so close. I bet next time you do it, it'll pass.
1: I know, but it's one of these things where after they do the referendum, they're like, "All right." That's that conversation for 10 years. And then uh. now we just wait 10 years. People are saying, oh, we should decriminalize it. And then the people who voted, the nerds are all going, no, no. Remember we had that vote? <laughs> right? We didn't even... That's, we weren't even voting on decriminalizing. We were voting on legalizing. These are different things. But the nerds, man, they just love... The they love power nerds. and they love stipulating things. They love Parents to stipulate.
0: Love. Yeah, I, some of that... That referendum shit always bugs me because it feels like a thing where you're basically just... Asking people something that they they you asking people someone's opinion, whose opinion doesn't matter.
1: Yes, it's like and asking it's, a stranger. You know, it's infuriating like infuriating. Yeah, is at the same election we had a referendum on euthanasia, and the same people who voted against legalizing weed voted for euthanasia. I mean, have some people voted for both, but right in essence, like you know you know the people who are voting that they um that young people can't smoke weed. They were all the old people. And then all these old people were like, I tell you what though, if I get really sick, I want to be able to die on my terms. Die on my terms. They're going around to see us smoking our weed.
0: God. That's, yeah, that's, that is kind of a, a strange contradiction, I guess. That, what is, is there like, do you feel like there's like a national, do um, so you feel like every country has sort of like a vibe, you know, uh, in terms, at least, the, I feel like I, I could properly describe America's vibe. And but I don't think like I don't quite understand what New Zealand's vibe is because I, I feel like I kind of get Australia a bit, but I I don't. Well, fully... describe
1: Australia for me?
0: Okay, well I feel like it's like um, this. One thing is hard to describe. I think a lot of times with the vibe of a country, it can only be described by the person who grew up there or lives there because, in a way, you kind of have to talk some shit. You have to be like. Like, well, I'll start with America. America, like when it comes down to it, you know how we have the most COVID? Mm. I think think the reason we had the most COVID is we were always going to have the most COVID because when it comes down to it, Americans really just don't give a fuck about anything except being able to do what they want to do. And like, it doesn't matter if it's like, so gonna help everyone else when it comes down to it, it's kind of like you know what I, I would say is we're stubborn we're super stubborn in the way where it's really good like if you tell an american like you guys can't feel you can't build a bridge across that it's too wide we'll be like we're gonna fucking build a goddamn bridge across that shit. watch us
1: even if it's not even if it's not what you wanted to do when you woke up that morning
0: exactly just because we're so fucking stubborn because we're like you know because america's kind of a nation of of assholes who They're like, they kind of get what they want. Even if it's killing a ton of people, like whatever it takes. Like we, you know, we, we've done so many terrible things, but it's all in the name of, um, you know what? I can fucking do that. Like you think I can't Well, watch me. And I think that's the same thing with, with COVID. That's why no matter what, we're always going to have the most, because we just, even though we do agree with all each other, it's like, we all agree like, yeah, fuck them kind of thing. And that's why. That's why I feel like it's the national ethos of America. You know how certain countries like France, you feel like it's always that, um, like a French person would. You could you could pay them all the money in the world, but if it, if it was something ugly, they'd be like, I don't care. It's ugly. Like I don't care for that. You know, or if it like represents some some sort of form of like, like it's almost similar to America in that way. But it's more like it's like the lazy version. It's more like uh, we would never do that because that would be. I don't know. I, I mean, I've, it's obviously not the true truth for everyone in those countries, but you know what I mean? Like you kind of like with certain big countries like France and America and like Canada, they have like a vibe that you can kind of describe. And I feel like New Zealand's one of those places where, you know, you see a lot of stuff from New Zealand, a lot of like a lot of, uh, a lot of movies and stuff. And everyone is from New Zealand is so funny. It's, you always see these movies where the people, I don't know what it is about people from New Zealand. They're all just so goddamn funny. And I kind of feel like that's got to be part of something that's going on there.
1: I think our voice gives us a bit of a running start. It definitely does. It definitely helps. One of, the, one of the initial associations with our voice for a lot of people of our, our era is Flight of the Concords. And a lot of the stuff those guys were yeah. saying, I mean, it's actually funny by design. But then that's the first association that people will draw with the accent they'll be like, oh, they're joking but it sort of goes both ways where when i was in america and i would i would talk to people and i would say a joke they just thought i was um serious and odd they'd be like oh you know and if, if if people don't understand when you're telling a joke then you just either seem like a liar or like unhinged yeah but i think there is a um there is a certain sort of the, the the international perception of New Zealand I think is there's a lot of uh hope or responsibility pinned on us as a country because we're like you know, we're we're small enough that people don't really know what's happening, but big enough that the occasional good news story comes out of here. And so people look at that and they go, Oh wow, I tell you what, that's where that's where we're gonna go. And we sort of take pride in, in, in you know, like even we though we know that's not the reality, we take pride yeah. in that being the perception the general demeanor here is um it's pretty chill people like you know people people don't get all um i think we don't try as hard as as like people do in america okay people are people are trying so hard and i think there's probably a greater sense of self-importance or like you know
0: yeah definitely that's i would say it's totally true it's harder to be more self-important than american it's harder to try harder than some Americans, because we and have in, such like,
1: like in, a... in, Is is tryhard an insult in America?
0: Uh, it is now. It has in, become in one. New it's... Zealand. I
1: remember, I remember at school, like being called a tryhard was genuinely one of the deepest insults that someone could hurl at you. And it's such wow. a funny and like self defeating insult. It's like, oh, what's that? You've you've found something that you care passionately about, and you're applying yourself at it. That is humiliating for you because it might uh, not work out and we would know because we've seen you trying and that's embarrassing
0: maybe the try hard thing to me i think that the reason it's considered bad is because it's like you're instead of just um kind of like going with the flow and being the thing that you just kind of do effortlessly it's like you're trying so hard it's like almost like swimming upstream where it's like hey man why just why you swimming upstream like, why are you yeah. spending all that effort? Yeah. You're just, like, working so hard. That's why I think what it is, is that because I've always heard try hard in video game playing. And I think you call someone a try hard when they're, or you call someone say, say they're really sweaty because they're trying so hard. <laughs> <and> they're, <laughs> they're I like that. Sweaty? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, getting pretty sweaty over there.
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: 'Cause they're like they're trying like, so hard that they're not having fun. I think that's the big thing. It's like if you're I know it you're, de- yeah. you're not having fun.
1: I know what yeah. you're describing when you say sweaty. Like I think of when I know when I'm when I do uh, stand up comedy and I know it's not I, I can tell it's not going badly, my body tells me at the same time as my brain because I can feel like sweat yeah. on my back. And I'm like, Oh, this is this is dark.
0: Yeah, you feel that drip. I've had a drip a yeah. couple of times. I'm like, oh my god, my back's sweating so much I can feel it dripping. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got to I can't let any I can't let any air in my set. I got to keep talking, keep going from one thing to one. One <laughs> thing to one. Ah, okay, yeah. Oh, this guy, this guy over here. Yeah, you know. That's try hard. I feel like, yeah. Just like
1: it's Yeah. It's like yeah, you want to you want to keep talking so that no one else notices it's going badly. Right. You know, yeah. and also cuz if you give your brain a glimpse that it's going badly, then you'll start feeling badly. But if you just keep talking, like you don't even know anything's happening, which is just it's insane, it's not right,
0: it doesn't work really. It's just sort of kind of works, or maybe it fools a, a casual observer into thinking, Oh, I think he's doing good when actually, like, <laughs> well,
1: that, you know? is, that is that is also part of the American way, though. It's like, is people, it's, it's some of it is, um, it's the appearance of doing well in spite of yourself, where it's like, oh. you know. Yeah, Convincing someone that it's going well Even when it's not Is good enough Even though you are still going to go home And go to bed And be like That wasn't very good But so long as the people who saw it Thought it was good Then you feel okay about yourself Which just That's no way to live your life You are not in charge of your life If that's how you're operating
0: Well that's a a lot of people man That's a lot of people Especially yeah. yeah, I I wonder if it's getting worse actually maybe
1: Well yeah it probably is. I mean, Cause I feel
0: like social media is such a—it's that's such a big part of social media. You know, is the idea you're presenting something that's uh, you're able to you're able to pre- to present a thing because you have control of how it's presented, and so it allows you to be like, look how great the birthday was, look how yeah. happy everyone was. What was was with the birthday? It was such a great birthday.
1: Yeah. But when actually it wasn't. no one saw like how anxious you were before the mm-hmm. birthday. I mean, you can't really take a photo of your anxiety. But I know you know, like they're not seeing all of the planning or all the bits of the birthday when you and your partner were having a, a spat because um well you did more than they did, and they don't see it that way.
0: Yeah. It's a th- it's
1: definitely oh, So a, I'm just it's... gonna do a little a little cough off my I don't even need to announce that. But just so everyone knows, I'm just doing a little cough.
0: Hey everybody, uh, you're listening to Live The Tape. Um, my guest is Guy Montgomery of New Zealand, of Auckland. He just did a cough off mic. We could hear a bit of it, but it's okay. Welcome yeah, back. Hey, How thanks, was that? Man.
1: Was it good? I was good. I feel better for it now. You know, it was just bubbling up at the back of my um at the back of my throat, yeah, gotta, I guess. Uh, you
0: got to take care of that shit. you got to get that you out. St- you still haven't fully nailed down the New Zealand ethos, but I have, I have a theory now I've been thinking about, I didn't say, is that... I feel like New Zealand is kind of like the Midwest to me where, um, okay. Cause I think about the Midwest in America is a lot of, there's a lot of funny people from the Midwest because they're kind of unassuming and they have like normal lives, but they still, they, they kind of like a uh, joke around a lot about stuff. Yeah. Like nothing super serious, but they also are I, pretty hard yeah. workers.
1: When it, I, I will say in New Zealand, like, nearly all of the funniest people in New Zealand do not do comedy or do not work in entertainment. Like yeah. the, the funniest people never tried to bottle that and, you know, turn it into a livelihood. They're just incidentally funny and they keep, you know, they, they work at an HR or at an accountancy firm and they're just hilarious. Like the the funniest friends I can remember, none of them went into comedy. It's, and it's just it, like, it permeates all conversation. And it's often, it's not a joke where it's a very telegraph punchline in conversation or whatever. It will be an aside or it will be something which totally deflates a moment.
0: Do you think that's and because it, people in New Zealand have like a natural kind of like, um, uh, they don't want to bring a lot of attention to themselves. They feel like they have to be kind of humble. Is, it, uh, humble? is that sort yes, of it? Yes, okay. we have
1: something here called tall poppy syndrome. Okay, and yeah, I've heard about this. So this is where if, a poppy grows too tall Or a person becomes too successful We want to chop them down to, to bring them back to our level And it's like I mean To be honest It it exists everywhere But in New Zealand It's sort of we We cut down poppies very early Whereas like If you think about the cycle of Celebrity or success mm-hmm. Everyone likes someone at the beginning and it's very exciting and you want to champion them and hero them and in sports. This happens a lot. And it's like, you know, this new, exciting new prospect, and then they become really good. And then once someone gets to the top, the fun part is to chop them down and then they'll get a second term where they have to build themselves all the way up again. And in New Zealand, we, 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 we do that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That, that is, that's similar to like a Midwestern thing. It's almost like, Oh, you think, Oh, you think you're pretty special, huh? Oh, wow. Oh, we got someone who thinks he's pretty, he's better than everybody. Yeah. Uh, That's
1: exactly what it is. I get it. And it it makes performing comedy in New Zealand hard because in America, it's like everyone in the room wants the show to go well. And so you go on stage and like everyone in the room is like, oh God, you know, like there's people are buying into the hype. So they believe in the experience. And here you go on stage and everyone in the audience is like, Well, obviously you think you're funny. Go on. And you're like, oh well, fuck! God. I mean, like, don't you want to find this funny? Have you not paid money for this experience? Why are you making the initial part of this contract so challenging?
0: Wow, I didn't realize that was the case. I mean, I've only performed there one time, and it was it was a great show. But I also, I'm sure that they afford Americans a different type of thing, right? Because it's like, oh, you're from America, yeah? So. Because
1: you go- you guys sound like what we are, what we believe stand up comedy is meant to sound like. Yeah. As soon as you start talking, we're like, oh, okay, here's a pro. I
0: find out the and, internet. When you were going there, like, you are just feeling like it's someone you've never really seen. It. That's the thing. Who's like this, can... this guy going over there? I don't know who this guy is, you know? I would just put on the album, about it. It's like, um, is that just for me or is that for someone else? Oh, uh, you remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It's>
1: just <laughs> that, that. And we go, woo. Woo, woo. God. We love that.
0: That's so funny how that's, uh, I I don't know why some of that stuff interests me so much. Just the idea that like uh, different countries have like these things that you kind of, it's hard to describe, but it's there. Sometimes I Mm. feel like on the news and stuff, they don't acknowledge that to where someone wants to really just say like, yeah, you know, it's just, uh, it's because I'm from France and that's why it's this way. It's like, oh, you know, it's just, it's kind of like a, it's like a New Mexico thing. What do you mean? It's like, you know, we just hate the color blue.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or yeah. some shit like it's that,
0: just... where you can't really understand. It. It's like why, but everyone who's from there kind of knows it, but they don't. They know it in a way where it's in their subconscious, even though they act like, oh no, we don't think that way. But it's like, oh yeah, I guess I did grow up hearing that a thousand times a day.
1: I think it's also part of why, you know, we we. Uh largely quite a compliant people like it might be part of why our our response uh, other than the huge Uh advantage afforded by being a a lightly populated island nation is is like when our government said all right guys we're gonna go in our houses just for a while and we're just gonna see what that does everyone's like okay well you know what seems seems fair like no one wants to stick their head up and be like nah fuck you i want to keep walking around the street everyone's like okay well we'll just be in the house and hopefully that'll that'll work and it's that is I mean that is sort of a community minded approach Mm -hmm. that you know I I do feel America is more individualistic and that it's like that is not perceived as you know when if not that that happened but if someone was to say that in America everyone would be like no I decide when I'm in in and out of my house that's not your call yeah and it's sort of it, it marks a difference in response as we are a more compliant people
0: yeah, it's definitely something where um I I just love that I love that that's the case. But at the same time I wonder cuz I always fantasize about moving to New Zealand. Like let's just say I had to or I don't know. Part of me was like would love to live there, but I almost wonder if it'd be at some point after like a year or two where I'd be like man, I I want to be an asshole. <laughs> and I feel uncomfortable <laughs> being an asshole here, you know?
1: Uh, you can, got, you can still be an asshole? i mean like, yeah we got assholes but if you if you did it you would especially stand out because your accent would be like ah he, he was undercover for two years but i knew he was going to be an asshole
0: yeah he was he was riding low for a while i heard that i heard that's the same way about japan if you're an american in japan they give you a pass with all kind you can fuck up do all kinds of the, the wrong things whatever but if you live there uh at some point you're like oh you're, you live here okay We're going to hold you to an even higher standard than we hold ourselves. Because it's like, you want to live here, motherfucker? You got to fucking do everything perfect. Otherwise, we're going to call you Gaijin and say that you suck.
1: But that's not like Americans, when they welcome immigrants, famously, open arms and borders, and they say, come on over, behave as you so choose. We will not judge you.
0: Yeah, we won't judge you, judge you, but we might judge you uh, in all kinds of ways that we're like, what? That's... That's nothing. What, what do you mean? That's, that's normal. You just have to have to do that.
1: Also, Amer- like Americans sort of live <laughs> like they got given their life on the default setting. And so anytime they travel or they go anywhere else, they always have to frame it as like what they would be doing or how it is back home. It's like, they got given the, do you know what I'm saying? It's like that, they expect the I rest of so. the world to acquiesce th- to how it is for them, and so if anything is slightly different, or if there's a different name for something, then they're like, "Oh, you know, back home we call it uh, we call it golden sauce or whatever the fuck." <laughs> and then I suppose you know, that's true. If,
0: that's also the I, bad I think, Americans. I think,
1: yeah, a lot of those guys are the ones that leave the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a I lot th- of them also stay in the country.
0: A lot, of, a lot of the times, the way Americans are represented outside of America, it's like, oh, it's the worst person. It's the person you'd want least to represent the country that's representing the country. Mm. And it's nothing you can do about it, right? Because it's just, if like maybe one person from America went to this restaurant in this tiny town in the middle of nowhere, then the next 100 Americans that come in are going to be judged by that one person who was like, Oh, I thought you could use the, what, what do you mean I have to pay for that? And, I experienced the, yeah. the
1: inverse when I moved, I moved to um, Toronto, Canada, mm-hmm. Well, they actually don't pronounce the second T. They like to say Toronto. Toronto, Toronto. Why would you put it in there? But I went over and uh, I, on the first day I printed out my, do you say CV or resume?
0: I guess you say resume. Yeah.
1: And I went around some cafes and I went to a cafe, and the guy was like, Oh, you're from New Zealand. Last guy I worked here was from New Zealand. He was great. You got the job. And I was like, <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> this is awesome.
0: That sounds, I think that's about right. There's a, um, you read that book, Endurance, the book about the, uh, the failed expedition to Antarctica, like in 1913 or some shit. It's
1: I've really not read great. That.
0: The, the, the head of the expedition was a guy named Ernst Shackleton. And he was like this crazy. i Shackleton. Yeah, he's a crazy explorer guy. And he used to hire, he used to pick his men. There was one guy, he would interview them for like maybe f- five minutes tops. Five minutes tops. A guy you're going to be in a boat with for maybe a couple years. <laughs> five minutes. He said he one guy, he talked to him for maybe like, I don't know, two minutes. He was like, he just liked the shape of his nose and he hired him.
1: I like that. Here's a guy. I mean, the expedition was a total failure, but I I do like a guy who operates on vibe alone.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, it was a total failure, but actually, it was was an incredible success because the reason it was a failure was not because of the crew; it was because of like something outside of their control, and they they were able to survive like something like 670 days in conditions that would kill almost anybody in a week and a half. And a lot of people
1: credit it. was the thing that was out of their control, the weather?
0: Yeah. The weather and all that stuff like did that. They,
1: did they come into a bit of bad weather in Antarctica?
0: They came into a bit of bad weather in Antarctica. and They got stuck oh, yeah. and they had to go off the boat. And <laughs> it's, it's like, it's one of the greatest stories ever told really.
1: Yeah, that is. I mean, technically that's outside of their control, but you know, you're going on an expedition to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. It's the chances are high that you're going to come across a little bit of a squall.
0: Maybe not a squall, a but the, not just bad weather, but the worst weather.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this
0: is not just the bad weather. This is the worst weather that exists on the planet. It's yeah. the coldest, yeah, most Yeah, it's wind. funny
1: that they'd keep it at the very bottom of the fucking planet. Yeah. If only there was some way of knowing. It's crazy though, isn't it? I think
0: that like The whole divide thing alone, I think that works though, you know?
1: I, I lost you for a second, oh, but I got you back.
0: I'm saying that I love the idea of just judging someone instantly, being like, "Yeah, I like this guy," like that based is, upon something that you can't really put your finger on, kind of, you know.
1: That's kind of what we. That's kind of what we all do. That's what you have to do.
0: Yeah, I think people we all do that for sure. I find that what's, that's weird. With comedy too, like going back to the whole sign of New Zealanders' voices or, or a Kiwi's voice, is that like. Uh, you just like if you like listening to someone's voice that's all that really matters you know if there's yeah. certain comedians i can listen to i can listen to them talk for an hour they can be talking about anything but i just i just like the way their voice sounds and so if they do have jokes that's just bonus
1: absolutely i t- i totally agree and like you yeah. also you'll give people a pass because of their voice or their vibe you'll be like ah oh, but no their energy seems good so you know, it's not like that they could ever think or say anything that is wholly inappropriate or, you know, offensive. Yeah. But then eventually you you know, like it, it it's uh it it's temporary. It can't last forever. You can't skate by and vibe forever. There has to be substance eventually. But those first instincts, like I I um where did we first meet?
0: It was probably when you were touring in America. We did a show together, I guess. I think that's probably what it was. Just some random yeah. show, I don't know what it was, but it was definitely probably like four or five years ago, I guess.
1: And we must have been like, he seems nice. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm so I was so nervous when I used to go to America because um, America is Mecca. It's entertainment Mecca, right? And uh, I was some you know some uh, some lank outsider, and I assume <laughs> that everyone there is a superstar and all knowing and powerful. And so I would live in total fear of putting a foot wrong or doing badly on a gig Mm -hmm. because then I would be um, ostracized from the entertainment industry because everyone is all powerful. And so I, I found it very difficult. And if anyone like you were friendly towards me, if anyone offered me even a a crumb of friendship or decency, I'd think, Oh, wow. What a, you know, what a delight this person's built differently because a lot of people and fair enough, they're living their own lives. Yeah. They could give a fuck. They're like, "Why is a New Zealander here?" They are in the way. It's not like they live here. It's not like they can actually make anything of this opportunity.
0: Yeah, I guess I I can see that being the case. I think I probably felt that way at times, but I think for the most part, if I meet a foreigner, I'm just so interested in someone who's from someplace else. Like, oh, so what what are you doing here? Why are you here? Huh? That's crazy. Yeah. Which I still I still think is the case because I'm kind of like, I only know maybe one other New Ze- comic from New Zealand. And it seems like that's a pretty bold move to come over here and do comedy. How did you even, how did you even think to do that in the first place?
1: Uh, well, Cause I have a podcast with my friend, Tim mm-hmm. called the worst idea of all time that uh, became popular in America. And so the first thing we did was an American tour. And then uh, some people from America, Became interested in uh, some people who could, you know, uh, glad handle us and uh, and blow smoke up our assholes. Uh, said that they liked us, and so we would sort of be like, "Oh wow, I guess we're going to spend some time in America." And then we uh, we had to get visas to make a pilot for our, our. We adapted our podcast to a video thing, and then I got I had to pay this extraordinary amount of money for a three year working visa Jeez. in 01. It's called An Alien of Extraordinary Ability. (laughs) And I was like, well, I got this visa. I might as well have a whack. And so that's when I sort of relocated. But before that, it's just like, you know, it's just... It's where all the stuff comes from. It's where you think you want to go.
0: Yeah, I I realize that's the case. But at the same time, there's just very few people I know. I've only met, you know, probably like five or ten comics from other countries who've come over mm. here because like you say it, it does take you have to have some reason to come here for them to let you to come here and uh it just it's a lot of effort i think it's not just the effort i think it's also just you have to have like a lot of confidence right you have to be really bold cuz you're like i'm going to go do this i've never i've performed overseas but only when it's been a part of a tour that's been put together by someone i've never been like i was about to go to england this past summer when COVID happened, but I was going to go to London. I was like, that's, fuck it. I'm going to go there and put together some shows. I know enough people now. I can probably get, I can probably get some audience. I have enough notoriety where I can do it, but it was still like a scary prospect to do that. You know?
1: I think, uh, yeah, a little bit of that is uh, removed when you're operating from New Zealand, because if you have any ambition beyond New Zealand, you inevitably have to leave anyway, even if it's just going to Australia. Okay. But then, you've already experienced your first version of leaving for a bigger market or like a, you know, a bigger, scarier place where you're less known. And then because we're in the Commonwealth, right, uh, right, 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 right. We can go over to England and try it out there and you know, like it's still expensive to do, but there's some experience in, uh, it's not a totally alien concept was to Americans leaving America is like, what, why would I leave? This is the greatest country in the world. Why you, why why am I gonna go over to England? The whole point of being here is we got away from here. You know, and it just it doesn't make the same amount of sense.
0: That's actually a direct quote from my book, Why Would I Leave Here?
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've read it. I read oh, an advanced copy.
0: Hold on one second. Give me one minute here. Sorry, one second.
1: I wonder where Johnny's gone. It's just me now. I say this I for one love the freewheeling style of this podcast. We started the Zoom call. We had a few words. He said, "I'm going to start recording now," and then when we both started recording, he just started the whole thing. This is literally just the conversation.
0: Oh, were you saying a bunch of stuff just now? A bunch of cool stuff.
1: It wasn't very cool.
0: Damn! I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. It's going to be great.
1: <laughs>
0: I should have had you. I should have had you take over and do a monologue while I was gone for a second. There. Did you um? god what the fuck was gonna did i tell you that i applied for a um uh that's not citizenship i applied to something in new zealand during the dark darkest residency? yeah residency i during the darkest days of the pandemic i was like i need to get out of here and i thought yeah. like maybe i can move to new zealand and be like the next Arj barker of some sorts you know
1: he, yeah he's doing that he does that in australia mm-hmm. right
0: mm-hmm. yeah i guess it's probably easier to move to australia isn't it than New Zealand.
1: I don't know. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there was, you know, we we do love to pat ourselves on the back when the rest of the world notices us. And uh, I think there was a news story in the middle of COVID or not long after when it was like search results for can I move to New Zealand have skyrocketed across the globe. And we were sort of like, (laughs) yeah, as though any of us had anything to do with that.
0: It's just such a fucking great place.
1: But it's how... Like, I remember when I, I used to, the first show I remember running home from, sc- like, racing home from school to watch was Keenan and Cal on Nickelodeon. Uh-huh. And I remember I'd, I'd be laughing and laughing and slapping money. And I remember one episode, uh, it was maybe Chris, the guy who owned the store that Cal w- worked at, and he said, so- he said New Zealand. And I was like, it blew my mind. I was like, holy fuck, they know. And then I would have been <laughs> 13, maybe. And then, sometime last year, I went to a cinema where they were playing a um, Heat. You know, the, is it a yeah, Michael heat. Mann movie? That yeah, Heat. And it was a, a cinema full of adults. And uh, there was the line where Robert De Niro talks about maybe moving to New Zealand. And this entire cinema full of I lost adults. As soon you. as he said it, like started hooping you. and hold. I right, I'm I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying when I was at the movie heat, the cinema full of adults. Oh.
0: damn, this is just, we're far away. We're far apart right now.
1: I guess we are far apart. Um, okay. Now you're back. Now you're back too. Do you edit this or do people just get to hear the, be stop it and starting?
0: I think I'll probably be editing this one because of these issues.
1: These issues. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, I was just saying I was in the cinema full of adults watching Michael Mann's heat. And when Robert De Niro's character says, I don't know, maybe we'll move to New Zealand. This is like 18 years after the Keenan and Cal experience, the whole cinema erupts and applause and cheers. Like we just won <sighs> a sports game. Oh my and I was God. like, we will never outgrow this. Like that's it, funny. the idea that other countries knowing we exist, you know, wow. makes us swell with pride.
0: I guess I get that. Cause I'm from like a, a state that's not super notable. I mean, people know Minnesota. It's not like, it's not like Missouri or something or South Dakota where there isn't fucking shit going on. But, uh, it's still, yeah. if someone mentions Minnesota, I'm like, oh, Minnesota. Yes. that That's where I'm yeah, from. You've
1: still got that. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, yeah. It is
0: good. Good place. Good. <laughs> yes. Oh, you've been there. Okay. Oh, cool. Or well, yeah. if you meet somebody I... from Minnesota, there's like a Minnesota. What's up?
1: Yeah, it is a bit, it, it, it was interesting. It's a bit like, abroad when i was living in new york say and i'd meet someone from new zealand i would be compelled to talk to be open towards them and talk to them in a way that in new zealand when i meet a stranger i'm not like oh my god we have to talk about this i'm like okay we'll just keep going on our way there is i guess it's like you know it's you you're, you're alien or you it's you two have a common ground from which you can discuss what is different about what's around you
0: yeah. I, I always think of that onion article from years ago, American student studying abroad meets other American students studying abroad <laughs> or something like spends all their time with <laughs> other students, other American studying abroad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like it's that thing That's, where,
0: that... yeah, it doesn't matter where That's you universal. go. It's just the thing where, Oh, similar person. I, yes. Okay. Mm. I can trust you to some extent absolutely yeah man so what's life been like for you then because obviously it's a lot different for you guys over there than it has been for us
1: yeah we're just chilling out kicking it old school uh we have had a few sort of short what we call like circuit breaker snap lockdowns okay But basically at the start of last year we went into one big i think it was two and a half or three month long lockdown where everyone just stayed home And then we totally eradicated it for a while. So there was no community transmission. COVID-19, all of the positive COVID-19 cases were contained in managed isolation and they were all uh, people from abroad returning to New Zealand. And so the entire country just became, it just operated as normal. We just had closed borders, but inside of New Zealand, it was just life as you remember. So you could go to a big, rock concert you could go to a sports game you could put on a show you could um hug a straight you know hug a consenting stranger you could shake hands with an old friend and um it was like that for a very long time and then there was another smaller lockdown but basically the government introduced they treated us like children and it worked really well they introduced this alert level system where they're like there's alert levels one through four and uh if you're at alert level four everyone stay in your house. If you're alert level three, everyone stay in your house unless you want to go and buy a coffee, in which case put on a mask and stay the fuck away from everyone and get yourself a coffee. And alert level two, it's like, all right, you can go and have a coffee. You can sit in. Just make sure you're doing it with someone you know. And then alert level one, they're like, we are cruising now. And uh, that sort of, well, we've been rolling. Like we've had maybe three over the whole course of it, three or four. I can't remember the exact number lockdowns, hmm. but um, we've been very fortunate. And every time we have to go back into a lockdown, it really highlights like how adaptable humans are, like how quickly you forget the experience of it. Like I, whenever we have to, there's an anxiety now that I uh, because we've, lived without it in our community for so long as soon as there's another outbreak you know you go into lockdown it's it's sort of it, it really highlights how tough the rest of the world's been doing it and you sort of i i i spiral i haven't been responding very well to the lockdowns when we go into them i'm very sure you should not supposed to yeah i mean it's, but it's, I'm it's like, unnatural
0: uh, it's like the most unnatural situation again. for a human it's 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 really similar to being in prison in a way I mean, obviously, there's terrible things about prison. There's different than lockdown, but the, the idea of the limitation, the unnatural limitation, is something that is, I think, it takes a long time to get used to.
1: Yeah, and I so I moved back to New Zealand in December 2019. Unrelated so from um, because you were living COVID in, reasons.
0: You were living in the USA then.
1: I was, but I I had uh, entered and maintained a long distance relationship with my partner in New Zealand, uh, and uh, it's Yeah, who was in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. and um, and that's quite a long distance relationship.
0: Yeah, that's tough.
1: Now I'm going to have to say, hold on one moment. Okay, is that okay? Yeah. Are you going to keep talking?
0: I'll start talking now. The interesting thing about I so I have this large stick that I've uh, you know I hold on to sometimes, and um, we're waiting for guy. I think he maybe saw a kookaburra or some sort of a large predatory animal outside. And he's checking it out. There's all kinds of crazy-ass fucking animals that are um, out there. And you have to be careful with those because they will injure life in a way that you have no idea what the scenario is. So you got to be careful with those type of predatory animals. Because you know you have the you have this you have the echidna, you have the platypus. I don't know. You also you're, have thinking, the...
1: you're, you're thinking almost entirely of Australia. I had the headphones and I could hear you.
0: Oh, you son of a bitch! I thought you guys had the echidna there.
1: No, no, man. We've got pathetic. Our animal. We don't got a, a single natural predator in this country.
0: Oh, that's right. You have that problem with those those uh, those possums that live in the tree, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Possums are a pest here. But all of our yeah. birds, this is how few predators we have. All of our native birds, or the majority, have, through evolution, become flightless because there is so little to fear. Wow. Our Our national bird, the Kiwi, is flightless and blind <laughs> and nocturnal. It's like, this is a bird that, by rights, <laughs> should be extinguished entirely. Yeah. But that's how how chilled out the the wildlife is. So But what I sh- was try No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well I was just what I was saying about when I relocated and came back was like I didn't know that COVID was going to be happening and I sort of imagined I would still be based out of Auckland but still travel for work and um you know but then lockdown happened and instead of sort of coming back and Because I have a stepdaughter, Um, so instead of coming back and sort of having a similar lifestyle being based out of Auckland, I came back and it was like, no, what you will do is you'll move back to New Zealand and you'll live in a very enclosed domestic setting and you you will totally, you'll have a child, you'll Mm -hmm. experience a life that you've not known before and um, you'll do all of that and fast forward in the most intense environment possible. And it was actually awesome.
0: Yeah, I I heard from people that that those situations, they seem terrible, but then they end up being really great because it's like, I don't know, it makes sense how it can be because it's kind of like a primitive situation, for mm. uh, a pri- what's te- technically kind of a primitive arrangement, you know, mm. like a f- like living in a family way as they call it,
1: living in a family way,
0: living in a family. I mean,
1: way. yeah, and it also like people would say. Do you miss America, or was it hard to leave? And I was thinking, can you imagine leaving you? New- can you imagine leaving America in December 2019? What an incredible piece of decision making that would feel like and look like.
0: Oh, it's the greatest thing you could have possibly done.
1: It's also removed any opportunity cost from leaving New York because I look at New York, and it's not even the place I wanted. I was living, you know, like it's. Yeah. The New York that I'm, I've, I've seen for the last year was not the New York that I, I moved to. You're not living in New York so that you can be confined to your apartment. No one's moving no. there for the living space.
0: Nobody is. You move, you live there so you can like meet a weird guy who works at a flower shop and like wants to tell you about Beatles and it's four a.m. and he's sober, like stuff like that. That's when New York is. About. Or like you talk to you go to like a restaurant that's like I don't know. That's to me. I, I even found myself missing New York, which is. I'm like pretty much a vocal... I I talk a lot of shit about New York, but I still love it. You know, I think it's like... Yeah. It's such a unique place. Did you watch that show? Uh, oh, what is it called? It's the show on HBO about... Um, I can't remember the name of it right now. The, the, the World According to John Wilson or something like that. I think it's a... Oh, How To. How To, yeah. Because all that stuff is in New York, and I was just so, so like, man. This shit is... That, I miss the vibe there so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. That show is the vibe. That show was crazy. That show was like actually what it's like because all the yeah. footage is the shit that you see when you're walking around.
0: It really does capture the vibe of New York in a way where this is what I like about it is all these weird people who are kind of nice but also just, you know, they're just sort of there and they're, they say stuff in a way that seems normal but actually they're talking like, they're kind of batshit. Something about that. That's like a very specific thing to New York that is just so great that it's, you can't, it never gets old. Mm. But it's also, I think it's kind of exhausting too. New York can be so exhausting because it's just so much like, it's like a just, hey, hey, it's so much st- stuff churning all the time, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. It Well, you're just, you're approximate to so many other people's lives in a way yeah. that is not normal and is not true of, you know, the majority of other places mm-hmm. like in New Zealand, in Auckland, which is our biggest city. I think we've got 1.5 million people here. You're not coming up against that many other people also living their lives. Like it sort of shatters your simulation of bit over there. Yeah. Because obviously every, like, you know, we're going to have a conversation now, which I love. And then, when we stop the conversation, I'm gonna keep going about my day. You're gonna keep going, and and this is the crazy part to me. You're also gonna keep going about your day, even though I'm no longer looking at you. Right. And in in New York, it's like it's just this constant wash of people, and you're like, oh wow. And but that's I think it's valuable. I like that feeling of sort of what I do doesn't matter and no one gives a shit. Yeah, I you find can be empowering.
0: You can be like crying yeah. on the street. And it's more like people will be, oh, I need to leave them alone. The thing to do is to actually, is to just leave them alone because if they wanted help, they'd ask for help. Mm. Like Obviously, if you see someone getting their, getting their ass beat, you're going to step in. But sometimes it's just people are they're doing their thing yeah. in public and you're just supposed to leave them alone.
1: Johnny, if I see someone getting their ass beat, you know I'm stepping in. And I'll tell you what's going to happen then. Someone different is going to be getting their ass beat. By That's this guy. Be you?
0: Oh, I <laughs> thought you meant like you're the person who's gonna get their ass beat instead. It's like, excuse me, can I have my ass beat instead?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather beat this taut ass?
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good technique. The guy who steps in doesn't—he defuses fights by by like redirecting the blows. Just be like, yeah, <laughs> I'll take it.
1: <laughs> putting my face in the way or it's sort of trying to equally antagonize both parties in the fight and going, Hey guys, can we find some common ground here? Like your shared hatred of me. And then I get my, both ass of good.
0: you smell both of you are terrible, yeah. stinky, horrible people.
1: Smell, is that why you moved funny to New to York? Tell someone that they, they smell. Why I, is that why for the smells?
0: But yeah. Why did you so, choose New York over Los Angeles? Did you have a choice?
1: Yeah, I had a choice. Um, I always wanted to live in New York. Like, the marketing was so good. Since I was a boy, I was like, oh, I really want to see what it's like there. And Los Angeles would have made a lot more sense. Uh, it would have been a lot easier for me. I actually found it really right. hard moving. But um, it never really occurred to me to move to Los Angeles. Wow. I think it just doesn't seem... It didn't seem like a place where people like me would live. New York—it's a place where everyone goes to live. But Los Angeles—it's like I don't know. It just—it didn't appeal in the same way. I mean, which was silly because I think I would have been a, a better fit. But
0: I mean, yes and no. I, I but I do see what you're saying though. New York does have that vibe where it feels like anyone, everyone in the world can can live there and does live there. So it's not like a it's not a stretch to be. To show up there, even though we have tons yeah. of immigrants here, it feels like more immigrants in, in Los Angeles are more. It's like more of a family thing. Like you're going because your family's there. You're going for work, or yeah, because there's there's an established community you're going to visit. Where New York is like, you can just fucking show up.
1: It's more individualistic. You just it's gonna suck. Sh- it's gonna, it's, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: it is gonna it is gonna suck. Yeah. Unless you've got a huge amount of infrastructure or money Right. you can guarantee it's gonna suck immediately for a long time. <laughs>
0: That's the thing about L.A. Is you can You <laughs> feel like you're laughing because of that your laughter portrays maybe like some facts that were your experience of New York initially.
1: Yeah, I just like, you know, I think I knew intellectually that was the case, but I didn't know it ethereally. I didn't know it in a way that I was actually experiencing through my soul and body.
0: So what was your experience then? Was it just like, oh, this this place I live is uh, is the smallest humanly possible dwelling?
1: So it was just like, yeah. And it was just, I mean, I arrived to make this, I arrived with a purpose because we made this um, pilot that, right. uh, and I, I believe in a world first. It didn't actually get, picked up for series, but, um, you know, I arrived and I, you know, I earned some money and I, I, I had worked for like three months and I had my friend Tim there and I was very grounded and then all of that finished and everyone left. And then there was a real feeling of sort of looking around like, ah, oh, so I'm here now. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it's, you got to find a place to live and you gotta, I, I moved out and have any work set up apart from that. So I did i did go and start doing open mics and i didn't know anyone yeah and i hated it immediately wow and then like some days you'd find an activity you like and you'd have the best day of your life It was just like the oscillations between you know enjoying yourself and think and like doubting everything is so intense and i hadn't experienced that before
0: oh really okay so that was the new york was the first place you lived when you moved to the united states yeah okay see i thought you lived in l.a for some reason i don't know why i thought that but yeah i I think there's the case anytime you move to a new city especially if it's uh outside the country that that has got to be at least a year break in period where oh yeah yeah there's a lot of people who say um i used to say the people who would talk to me about los angeles who just moved here like man i don't know i kind of hate it and it's like this i would always say there's two types of people People who hate LA the first year and people who are lying. Mm. Because everyone hates it the first year. They just, because it's so hard to get used to this environment that's like just intense. Like everything, I mean, it's different than New York, but it's essentially the same thing. It's the same thing. You're surrounded by people who are the best at what they do. Everything's super fucking expensive. No one gives a fuck. If you fail, they're like, cheer for you. It's like, yes, they fucked up. More room. So it's like that whole, that whole thing, it's such a, it's such a, it weighs so heavy on your psyche that you have to, it takes like a good year to steel yourself against that, that vibe and become the person who, I don't even know. I, I, I don't, I think I'm too, been too close to her for too long, but I think that's what it is.
1: So, so, you know, like when you know, say, you know, these people who you're talking to about moving to LA, Yeah. they're, they're friends with you, presumably some of them well, know you.
0: Yeah, but maybe not so much friends. It's like an acquaintance or someone who's like, "Hey, I'm thinking yeah. about moving there," or you know, yeah,
1: so I'm yeah. Like, well, you, but, should. you know, like it's it's just in, when you move and you know someone in the place, and you're like, "Well, I've got them," yeah. And you can you and you turn to them and you you can talk and they'll tell you, "Yeah, yeah, it's hard, and you know, we should have a beer sometime or whatever." But it's like you're still you're on your own. You're always on your own. Like, sorry, I lost you for a second. Have I got you?
0: Yeah, I think you were about to say something about you're always on your own, even if you have friends. I, oh shit, we're oh, both yeah. losing each other. You, you.
1: Okay. No, I've got, I got you again. We're back. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're, you're on your own. Like the, I, I, I remember talking to a friend and being like, "Hey man, I'm here. I'm finding it hard," and they're like, "Yeah, it's really yeah. hard, huh?" All right, well, <laughs> I gotta go. And do this other thing, and I'm like, well, I was kind of hoping that you know we could uh, take comfort in one another knowing it's hard. But they've already done the hard part, and now they're enjoying the benefits. And they can bring you along for some of it, but mm-hmm. it's not their job. And yeah, you gotta you gotta get through that little bit, and eventually yeah. you enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I think eventually you do. It's also the thing I always used to say, and I still do, is that the best part about living here is leaving. Because you go someplace mm. else and it's like, man, it's so cool to be someplace that's not where I live. But I do love living there. It's just you go to these other places mm. where essentially they live such carefree lives. You know, you go to someplace else and even though it's not really necessarily carefree, it's just the stakes are so much lower in other places that you get to enjoy that as a visitor.
1: That's, I mean, that's the magic of tourism, right? That's going anywhere. Right. it's You're not actually... You're not actually experiencing the granular detail and challenge of life. You're just cherry picking what you see. You're living the best version of your life anywhere because you're like, you have no agenda except doing literally whatever it is the fuck you've lined up to do. Right. That's why sort of New York, it's why all these major centers are a honey trap because often you'll visit them before you move and you'll have the best week of your life. Uh huh. And it's like, that is not representative of what you're going to move to. That's just you having one of the best weeks of your life in this fantastic city to visit. What on earth would make you think living here is the same thing as visiting here? That is not true of anywhere.
0: Yeah, unless you... I keep thinking about... I want to get a bumper sticker from my car that says, just visiting. Because I keep thinking about (laughs) a good mentality of life is just to pretend at all times that you're
1: visiting someplace. Man... This is like, this is a holiday. I always have this challenge after holidays. Obviously, it's harder now because you can't leave your country. Right. But when you go somewhere and you're like, you're so open-minded. And the Mm -hmm. way you experience a city as a tourist is sort of like, it's the ultimate way to live your life. Because you say yes to so much more than you usually would. You're so much more adventurous. You find like obscure gigs or restaurants or, you know, like places to go that, you would never think to explore. And then at the end of it, I'm always like, God damn, like what if I brought this energy back to the city I live in and I treated the city I live in. Like I know that there's stuff going on there with the same sort of joie de vivre. And then I'll come back. And the challenge is how long can you keep that energy alive before it tapers off? And you just go back to your, you know, your mundane little life. And it's like three days before you're exhausted. And you're like, no, this is not what happens here.
0: That's the key is you get it exhausts you to live that way. But I think some of it you can kind of be like, because um, if you're on vacation and you have a bad meal, you're not gonna like get mad at the person and yell at them like, "I'm never coming back here." It's because you aren't gonna come back there. You're literally not gonna come back there, so you just be like, "Oh well, you know, I'll just pick, I'll pick at it and have have what I can eat, and the rest of us I just won't eat, and that's that." I, I mean, maybe it's like the idea is you just mm. you live your life like you're traveling in the sense to where you don't have any expectations. You just have kind of like, I think this, it should be interesting because it's new, but if it's bad, it's like, well, that's, I just won't be coming back here.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I just, but when I have a bad meal, I just can't help but shout down every server, <laughs> the chef, <laughs> you know, the designer who did the typeface outside. I got a real app. I got a real, um. I got a real mood on me. I got a short wick and when it gets lit, There's nothing to do. I just go and try and find a pre-existing fight, stand in between the two people involved, and get them to beat my ass.
0: I'm here about the restaurant. I don't give a fuck about you. (laughs) I had a bad experience at Bennigan's, and I want you to beat me so I can feel... Actually, it doesn't quite work, but I don't know. Something's going to happen. Exactly. Some result like that. That's funny, man. Yeah, I think I... I don't know. Uh, that's I'm tr- that's my, my new idea, at least. Especially now, because once, once everything's over, <clears throat> I feel like I'm going to have such a, such a greater appreciation for any experience I have.
1: I know, but you'll find it lasts for, it's the same thing all over again. It's coming back from holiday. You'll find it lasts for a week, two weeks, however long it lasts for. And then you just accept whatever is happening as the new reality.
0: I don't know. I'm gonna make it last. I'm gonna. I I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not. Sorry. I'm gonna make it last. I'm gonna do it. All right. I'm find a way. Make
1: it last challenge with Johnny Pemberton.
0: It's been so long now that I feel like, you know, it's almost like this where, um, I kind of feel like, uh, you know, I want to go on a bender and have a bunch of drinks and stuff. But at the same time, if I do that, it's gonna take away other time because, like, if you're on vacation, you don't you don't get blitzed every night because you can't do everything. Well some people mm. excuse me, some people probably do, but it's like the idea where, okay, I'm gonna get selectively blitzed. Yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be careful about the things I choose to do because it's it's like, well, I don't wanna take away from something else because I went too hard needlessly in this other arena, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess that's my I know thinking exactly. now. What do you what do you like you know, when everyone's vaccinated and uh life has some semblance of the normalcy it was before uh this pandemic what are you gonna do what are you looking forward to
0: i'm looking forward to going to like uh bars and parties and stuff i look i'm really looking forward to doing stand-up live, but any kind of performance live yeah that to me is something where it's been really hard to not do that stuff because i just I, I you know you get so much out of it you realize how much you get yeah. out of it and Not just much what you get out of it, but how much you get out of yourself if you're performing. Mm. It's like it's such a great way to dissipate energy and anxiety and stuff. Then yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, there's no replacement for it, really.
1: Yeah, I'm excited Life. for you to, to have that.
0: I'm excited for you to uh, to be excited because you've already experienced it. It's like
1: <laughs> I have.
0: You're like you're like a demigod or someone you like. I'm climbing up the mountain, and you're already coming down. It's pretty cool up there. You're gonna like it. You're gonna experience. Yeah, a... I'm
1: the I'm the friend who's been in New York for three years. He's yeah. Like, hey man, you're gonna love it. Have a good time. I gotta go.
0: I gotta go. Cool. I've got to take a nap now. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, where can people find all your stuff? They just search Guy Montgomery.
1: Yeah, you can search Guy Montgomery. I I I'm on. Uh, I use the two. I use two social media applications: mm-hmm. Twitter and Instagram at Guy underscore Mont. And just on the off chance anyone's listening along in New Zealand, and to further rub America's noses in Uh-oh. our um, relative freedom, there's a comedy festival coming up, oh, and I'm doing a show. I guess they didn't want it's to it's talk called Guy about Montgomery this. by name, Guy Montgomery by nature, and I'd love to see you there.
0: Awesome. Thanks for being here, guy. It was fun talking to you, man.
1: Hey, it was really good catching up with person. you, Johnny. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm... um, when when the world opens up, I do plan to against all of the news you guys insist on pumping out twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. I do plan to come back. The well, marketing machine definitely... is in full swing and it's gone awry.
0: I will definitely be in New Zealand probably before you're here. I bet.
1: Oh I wow! Know, maybe hell cause... yeah, man.
0: I really want to go there because, I mean, I really want to go there so bad. I want to go to New Zealand. We're I'm supposed to do a tour with Duncan Trussell. We're supposed to have done a tour in Australia and New Zealand. It keeps getting pushed back. But when it does happen, my plan is to stay in New Zealand and Australia for a good two or three weeks after,
1: Oh, I just dude, want to fucking, I would, I would love that. We could do all of the things you want to do, but in New Zealand, we could go to a party. We okay. could do it in this order we could we could uh do a show and then we could go to a bar and oh. then we could go to a party,
0: yes, all those things, yeah, have some nice sauvignon blanc
1: yeah, oh, we got great salve down here, baby
0: oh, oh believe me, oh yeah I'm a fan <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could have a a buttery chardonnay
0: no thanks, I want a grassy I want a grassy salve from Marlborough. <laughs> I know. I've been doing the research. I'm on Google Maps being like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I can't wait to stop (laughs) in this place. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get all high and liquored up on their white wine as I look at the coast. (laughs) That's
1: me. Yeah, man. Well, we're excited to hit.
0: Can't wait. Thanks, man. Peace. See you later, man. Bye-bye.